0: Troy Homan, Chuck, has a question that I'm sure our listeners have thought to ask at one point or another. And he says, I have a Buddhist friend who says that Jesus wasn't perfect because he got angry when he chased out the money changers from the temple. I don't know what to think. Please help, Victor.
1: Yes, Troy. I'm sure it's a question many people have asked, and uh, I've asked it myself. Because it is a little confusing when you've got this story of Jesus getting angry in the temple. We have this picture from childhood of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And here he is with a whip turning over tables. It doesn't seem to fit in. Um, Let's look at it in a little broader context and then come back to Jesus because actually we don't relate very well to angry people, do we? Um, Solomon in in Proverbs 22 said, Don't make friends with a hot-tempered man. Don't associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get ensnared. Uh, it's not very comfortable to be in the presence of someone who's angry. Um, but if we do, we um, and we constantly associate with that kind of person, we can develop the same characteristics ourselves, and then we start losing our friends. Solomon makes a, another very good observation. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 19, he says, An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city, and disputes are the barred gates of a citadel. Well, I would guess the iron bars and castle gates were about the strongest thing that Solomon could think of in his day. And he was telling the truth. We do block ourselves from others when we get angry with them, when we offend them or when they offend us. These these barriers go up and then we find it difficult to talk to them afterwards. We find it difficult to ask for forgiveness. And in a family situation or in marriage, life can become very defensive with iron bars springing up all over the place.
0: Well, Victor, I cannot imagine you getting angry at all. You're such a placid person. You answer all the questions so graciously. You're a Christian. Christians don't get angry, do they?
1: Um, they may get angry if they're flattered too much. But, uh, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I've, I've seen a lot of anger with Christians. And, um, yes, very occasionally my voice has been raised. My family would probably tell you that. But people do say good Christians don't get angry. Let me give you an illustration. I I phoned somebody up a while back, and um, it was a long-distance phone call. It was concerning their son that I was trying to help. And, you know, I spent over half an hour on the phone, and during that period... I got such abuse down the phone line and at such a volume that, you know, Louisa was the other side of the room and she could hear every word that this father was saying and was just absolutely amazed that a Christian would speak in such a manner or be so uncaring about their own son. And I tell you, when I got off the phone, I was shaking. The the anger that I'd refused to vent at him was literally causing a physical reaction in my body. And maybe that's an illustration that helps us to explain what Paul means in Ephesians 4.26 when he says, you know, in your anger, don't sin. I was angry during that phone call that the father should be so uncaring about his son who had uh, run away from home for uh, for a number of reasons. I don't want to get into that story. Uh, But on this occasion, I didn't sin by expressing my anger to the man at the other end of the line or by telling him a, a few home truths.
0: All right, we have one big figure, gigantic figure, in fact, in the Bible. Every one refers to Moses, and when you think about the, the Old Testament, it wouldn't be the Old Testament without Moses being there. He was quite a good one for getting angry, wasn't he?
1: He got angry a few times, at least three occasions that come to my mind immediately when when you mention him there. Uh, and one of them fits into the the category of what we could perhaps call righteous indignation, or the Bible just calls it anger. Uh, and that's in Genesis 32 and and verses 18 and following. It's when Moses came down the mountain after receiving the the Ten Commandments. And, you know, what a wonderful experience. He'd been up there with God, and he comes back down into the valley... And he hears the sounds of singing and dancing, and he sees the Israelites worshipping, not God, but a golden calf. And his response is one of anger. Uh, In fact, in verse 22 of Genesis 32, it says, Aaron says to him, don't be angry, my lord. And he must have seen Moses' anger to use that respectful term to his brother. But it didn't stop the anger. You know, the anger led Moses to grind the calf into powder and made the Israelites drink it. And it led to the Levites killing 3,000 of those who still rejoiced in worshipping that calf. But the mellowing aspect of it is that while he was angry with what the people had done, with their disrespect for the God that he had come to trust so much over the last 40 years, that he then went up the mountain and prayed, please forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of the book you've written. And I think we do have a right to be angry in defense of God and in defense of the children of God. I think we have a right to be angry for things that maybe cause starvation, that cause children to be hurting, that cause responsible people to neglect the unfortunate in our society. But that anger must be tempered with action and with commitment. And that's why I can commend Moses for his action, to make him plead on behalf of his
0: people in the face of God. So then anger becomes sin when it's sort of um, bound up in that uh, self selfishness, let's say, rather than to help protect others.
1: Yes, and, and I think you actually do see that with Moses at the end of his life when he's been leading these people for 40 years, and they're such a rebellious lot. And when it comes to that time where he strikes the rock twice... When the people say to him, why did you bring us out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs or grapevines or pomegranates. There's no water for us to drink. And, you know, Moses had just had enough. And he basically screamed out, listen, you rebels, must we bring you out water for this rock? And then he raises his staff and he cracks the rock. Uh, and basically he's taking on board what was really God's problem. Uh, and he just lost his his cool there for a minute. Um thankfully, that doesn't always happen. But it did have consequences for Moses.
0: Now, let's go back to Jesus in the way that uh, he sort of used anger. How was it?
1: Well, I think we've got a couple of occasions we should look at, including the one in the question. Um, for instance, in Mark chapter three, in the first six verses, Jesus has healed a man on the sabbath day his his hand had been withered and Jesus restores it to wholeness and the religious leaders tell him off for healing a man for doing good on the sabbath and we see there Jesus being angry with the religious leaders because of their hypocrisy then we come to the to the temple to the actual story that was there in the question and uh, in the temple Jesus is turning over the tables of the money changers. He's driving them out of the temple. Why is he doing that? Well, he's angry because people are coming to that temple to worship God. They're coming to make sacrifices. And the temple people are saying, I'm sorry, the sacrifice you've brought isn't good enough. But if you if you sell it to us with this special temple money we've got at our own exchange rate, we'll sell you one that is good enough for you to sacrifice. And And it's changing what they came with with an attitude of worship into a bartering market where a lot of abuse and extortion was going on, and Jesus was angry that what should have been a beautiful act of repentance and coming back to God and developing a relationship with him was was just being so abused, so he was being angry in defence of God in defence of these poor people who were being extorted there in the temple in defense of what real religion ought to be and and I think that is a just cause for anger and uh, that way I think you know maybe I've given uh, given our friend here a bigger answer than he was expecting anger must be appropriate it must be measured it shouldn't be a loss of temper but a controlled response to a negative situation. I think that's what Jesus did, and I think that's an example that that we can follow in our own lives.